But welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Leslie Ann Morris. Uh, Leslie began her Smoky Mountain Tennessee investing journey while earning her MBA at the University of Southern California uh, and working in Los Angeles as a commercial banker. How did she do it? We're going to talk about that today. But for over 20 years, Leslie helped high profile clients like SpaceX, for example, uh, closed a $50 million private equity deal. And then she applied, she's applying the same strategy that she's learned and that she's built um, to use her to grow her real estate portfolio. And she's the founder of two companies in Tennessee, and we're going to talk about them. One of them is, uh, is specialized in acquisition of properties for short-term rentals called Invest in Smoky Mountain. And she also has a, uh, the management side of this with Josh's Cabins Management. Uh, and today she's going to share her playbook to motivate others and women and men, <laughs> but a lot of women uh, into investing in real estate and then uh, also creating some truly passive income in shortened rentals. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. Um, so uh, let's talk about, uh, can, can you tell us about your experience in creating passive income stream through investing in short-term rental properties? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in commercial banking for about 20 years and I had clients back in my early twenties that were like, you need to do this. You know, you've got, you've got that like action taker mindset. So real estate would be a really good avenue for you and, and a way to, you know, get out of sitting behind a desk and underwriting credit and, you know, the, to be really honest, like I loved banking. I loved what I was doing, but I just felt like there was just so many different rungs to get to where I was, to where like the CEO was on how much money he was making. So I took yeah. a lot of what my clients coached me on to heart. And I just knew one day, like I would have that portfolio um, the way that all my clients did. So, you know, I think there's a, a philosophy on like the golden handcuff, you know, you get kind of trapped in that W2 job. I was making extremely yeah. good money. I call and it addicted. You kind of get yeah. addicted to that. Job. Yeah. And you're like, I want this title and I really want, you know, yeah. I want to build out a sales team. And I had all these like lofty goals. So I kind of hit like the lofty goal. Um, I moved all over the nation with U.S. Bank. And then I ended up with First Tennessee Bank, which is now yeah. First Horizon. Um, and but prior to that, when I was in L.A. doing the master's degree, something just kind of immediately unlocked in my brain. And I thought, I think now is the time. Mm -hmm. And that was in 2019. Um, yeah. I started investing in real estate then. And I was able to just scale it really quickly, making really smart decisions and using, you know, my great salary that I had. I had really good credit, um, no children. So that made a big difference. Um, but I think my drive and determination is really what scaled it so fast. And I just... I don't won't say I got lucky because I worked my butt off researching online. Um, I'm really active today in the bigger pockets forums. And so that was kind of like I got my start just picking other investors' brains and leaning yeah. on them. And the rest is history. I mean, it just yeah. turned out to be this beautiful thing and just left my W2 um September of 2022. Okay, well, great. Wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's uh, almost a year. <laughs> <laughs> So that's very good. Uh, so tell us about kind of like the um, like uh, what's the size of your portfolio right now and maybe give a sense of kind of like how long did it take for you to kind of have your W2 job start investing when you started in 2019 and then only like, you know, a few years later, three years later, you are able to, you know, quit your day job 
and then focus entirely on on the two businesses you uh, you founded. Yeah. Well, yeah, my so my portfolio right now has 13 properties. Um, 11 of those are short-term rentals. And then I also have a piece of land that I'm getting ready to break ground on for another short-term rental. They're all in the Smoky Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's probably seven to $8 million value. And I was able to do that in three years. Um, I think the very first step in the strategy was just getting my mindset correct on where I wanted to head and why. And then I had absolutely no fear when I jumped in there. So that's important. Um, But I think the biggest key was, you know, I uh, had a really good paying job. I had really good credit, as I mentioned, but I also leveraged a retirement account. I basically just like robbed a retirement account to to kick it all off. Um, So that was maybe $60,000 at the time. And three years ago in the Smoky Mountains, you could get a cabin and put 10% down. So I was able to buy two properties right away with just that, just those funds. Yeah. Um, so that made a big, big difference. And then the second step was, you know, as soon as I did that, there was like a lot of different things that kind of pinnacled at the same time, if you will. And I ended up leaving California with that, again, that same mindset to go out and build wealth for myself um, by, you know, getting out of a high, um, you know, California, everything is way more expensive, right? And my mortgage was really expensive there. And then cost of living, state income tax. And I was able to kind of immediately save a bunch of money because I could just see that vision um, for what I wanted in the future. So that was kind of how I did it. And then um, I sold my home in LA, was able to buy a couple of more right away. But then really the cash flow from just those first few, uh, I just you know, I started learning all these strategies about dynamic pricing, you know, the same sort of um, strategy that the airlines and hotels use. I was able to apply that to just my few um, rentals that I had and just, just, it blew up overnight. And I think I bought five properties a year since that's kind of how I got. And there's been some, like I've done some test markets. Um, At one point I had short-term rentals in three States. Now I'm just in the Smokies And so I was able to like 1031 during like a high, um, you know, I was able to get, make like a hundred grand off of a couple in just 10, 11 months. So just, I think the real estate game is so, so fun. And whenever you get started, even if it's now, you know, it's a very different dynamic now, which I'm happy to talk about. It'll look very different in the future and the goals kind of shift and change. Mm -hmm. And as long as you kind of have that strategy of where you want to head at the end, the sky is really the limit with it. Yeah, yeah. Can you kind of like highlight how and differentiate, um, you know, the short-term rental business versus like a longer-term rental? Not, not in kind of like yeah. in theory, but in practice. Like, what does your day look like? You talked about dynamic pricing, and I'm sure a lot of people say, "Well, I don't have a master's in mathematics to uh, understand all and model pricing, and uh, you know that kind of stuff." So. Help us kind of like differentiate the uh, in in practice. What how how's, how different is it to manage your portfolio uh, of short term rentals versus someone that would would do it for a multifamily or short term rental portfolio? It's really different. <laughs> um, yeah. So with a long term rental, you know, you can get a property manager for ten percent. So most people go that route. It's you know that's really easy to not have to worry about, but you know, even if you self-manage those, you just, you know, get a tenant in there, you know, hopefully you do your diligence, some sort of like background checking and you pull their credit. 
you get them in there, you kind of, in a sense, set it and forget it for 12 months or whatever your lease term yeah. is. Uh, totally different with short-term rentals. You think you're think with your mindset more like a hotel. It's like a mini hotel. They're each their own little mini hotel. So no lease agreements and there's advantages and disadvantages to no lease agreements. Um, we get about seven to eight different guests per month per property. So it's a really high turn rate. Yeah. And you think that that would put more wear and tear on your property, but it's actually a lot less because it's getting cleaned in between guests. Um, eyes are getting laid on it in between guests. So if something's broken or missing, you're immediately fixing, you know, a leak is caught where versus maybe a long-term rental, it's not as urgent or they don't yeah. let you know, like, you know, right away with what's going on. So these properties are really um, high condition in most cases, um, highly valuable in most cases. Mm -hmm. uh, but a lot of the things that you have to think about just off the top of my head, like the immediate things are going to be, you know, you got to furnish them. You've got to set up the utilities in your name. So you are paying, you know, an operating cost the way you would your own home, even if no one is staying in them for the month and they're sitting empty. So there's a high operating cost. You have to have a lot of cash reserves for it. Yeah. Um, and then you have to think of different insurance policies, not just your typical homeowners or renters policy is going to cut it. Um, there's a lot of different options out there, but I think the the major thing that you want to focus on is just commercial liability insurance to protect, you know, your other assets. Yeah. That's the main thing. Um, and then to the point of like dynamic pricing, there are um, third party vendors that you can engage with that will plug in via some sort of like API technology or um, some sort of integration with your software. Uh, it's really getting very commonplace. So yeah. it's not like you're having to have a strategy around like pricing each night, but you do want to know, you know, have some sort of market experience or be partnering with someone that does have that. That way you, you know, you're, you can look at the calendar and say, oh, you know, Dollywood has some sort of event going on that weekend. It should be priced higher. So my um, partner is beyond pricing, uh, really great folks. Um, they have a tool that we have fully integrated. And then, you know, based on the size of your portfolio, they can like assign you um, somebody that's like a revenue manager within the company to really help you partner with that. But I've just learned, you know, over the years. Um, and then there's, you know, strategies too around like if it's booking too quickly, you know, people are booking out way in advance, like a year in advance, then you probably don't have your prices high enough. Um, so there's a lot, you know, we could talk about that for days, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, so there's a there's a lot a bigger marketing component to that and managing kind of really more uh, managing your property, figuring yes. out the best rate and the, and kind of like balance the rates with the occupancy. And there are some tools out there that can can help you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we didn't even cover marketing. I mean, that's a huge there, you know. I'm writing a book on passive investing in short-term rentals. I'm writing the playbook on it. Um, that'll come out next year. And one of the things, you know, there's been a big movement around self-managing short-term rentals the same way, you know, an investor would a long-term rental, but I'm seeing investors. I have investors calling me because I do work as an agent as well in the market, ready to list and sell their property because, you know, they did their underwriting. They thought they would self-manage the place and now it's not making money. They need to get a property manager. They're going to be in the red. Marketing is huge. If you don't know marketing, you know, you're, if you're just relying on someone like Airbnb to yeah. get your place booked, that's a bad strategy. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to cut it anymore. It's too competitive. People ask me all the time, is the market saturated? In a sense, it is. But, you know, there's there's thousands of cabins in the Smokies, but 
my products are differentiated. My products yeah. are what most people are. Searching That's why I have that as one of the uh, one of the okay. questions later on. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to be able to differentiate your properties amongst yes. all the other ones that are out there. Uh, for now, like, can you tell us a little bit about kind of like your business model right now? Because you, yeah, you started your portfolio and now you have a portfolio of rental. You did very well and capitalized also on the sale of your, your house in California. So mm -hmm. this is great. But now you have like, you've founded two companies. One of them is called Invest in Smoky Mountains and the other one is Josh's Cabins Management. So can you give us an idea of kind of like what they do and what's your business model now with, uh, I guess, your portfolio and these two companies? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you the whole story in a nutshell. My portfolio grew to a point where I couldn't self-manage it anymore. Um, that's why I say, you know, you can self-manage short-term rentals, but you can't do it to scale. It's near impossible because yeah. um, you could be getting phone calls in the middle of the night uh, from guests. So when I hit like five units, I was actually just getting ready to graduate with my master's degree. So I spent the summer, you know, getting my agent license and building out a direct booking website. That was when I partnered with, um, but I already was using Beyond Pricing, but partnered with them even more um, in a sense and just started building all of these automated tools and kind of like putting a focus on how could I continue to scale this because it was so lucrative. So you tried um, to automate then, a lot of the tasks and the, the process and the integration, basically. Yeah. So, for example, when somebody books, I'm not the one messaging them. And now I have a team. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's an automated like, thank you for booking. Here's what to expect in the, in the coming weeks. We get um, a security deposit on our own software and we have them sign a rental agreement. There's a lot of things that we have in place, you know, cause now, you know, I did get, so I got fully licensed to be an agent and then I was became fully licensed as a property manager because I had begun building a brand around Josh's cabins. Yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, basically I think the main thing I wanted to do because I had so many people from California, that's yeah. primarily like where I'm from and that's my network of people um, it's becoming nationwide really quickly as I do more podcasts and talk, but I wanted to create some sort of a system, you know, outside of like doing some sort of fund or syndication, which I'm also involved in. But this really was like giving someone that maybe is like has a very high paying W2 job. They either want to leave it or they don't, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But a place where they could go buy a nice vacation home, their family could use it if that's what they would want to do. But somebody could like recommend what should you buy and, and how much should you pay? Because, you know, my portfolio is so sizable. I have that knowledge now. But not only that, we could take it one step further. We can help you acquire it. And then we can also help you on the backside of the exit. And, oh, by the way, we can manage it for you as well yeah. um, through, you know, we spend thousands of dollars a month in marketing and we have several like direct marketing relationships with all the entities in like Pigeon Forge, Severable, Gatlinburg. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to do in that market. And I think for me, there was like a selfish component. I just couldn't self-manage anymore. So it came out of a necessity, a problem that I personally had. Yeah. Um, and then I saw an opportunity because everybody was like, help me, help me. And I was like, I'm just not set up to do that. So I did become set up to do that and realized that there was a real problem in that market with um, knowledgeable agents that were also investors uh, many of the agents just knew investing because they helped people buy cabins for like 20 years or whatever. But that's kind of a different mindset when you're seeing the numbers month over month, you have more of a grit and a passion to see your clients succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, we're doing that with uh, like our turnkey business as well, kind of helping people in, 
in the, on the West Coast and the East Coast to basically invest and build that passive income portfolio. So they would be able to, if they have a property already in the Smoky Mountains, they can just talk to you and say, can you manage this property? And uh, because that's a challenge to find these uh, property management companies that can understand the marketing piece of it and managing the property and the customer service. Uh, but you can also help them, sounds like, find property and, and manage everything. And, and that's done, I guess, with the uh, invest in the Smoky Mountain? Yes. Okay. That's yeah, great. There's about four. There's four of us in that company now. Um, it's scaling very quickly. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just typically how I handle that is I'll do, you know, a one hour or less call with someone who has interest in the market free of charge and just kind of talk through what are their investing goals and how could this market support them? Is it the right market? Yeah. Um, and then after that initial call, you know, they really need to be talking with a lender as step two to get pre-approved. And I have tons of lender contacts. Um, most of them don't pay me referrals. They just do my deals. Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome folks. Most of them own cabins also. And then, you know, next step after that is once they get that pre-approval letter, then we start to shop and we're just ready. I'm going to write an offer after I get off this call, uh, a cabin that came on the market that's got, it's going to go, it's already going multiple offers. So it's like, yeah. get your pre-approval and wow. then wow. we start shopping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so can you walk us through kind of your, uh, your process for underwriting these uh, short-term rentals? Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't look at any sort of cap rate because it is single family. Uh, I would I would do that for a company like SpaceX or, you know, back in the banking days. Yeah. But we just look at net operating income, NOI, um, and then look at cash on cash, like years one through five. So, you know, for short term rentals, most of the time in my market, you're, you're buying them turnkey. So really, your cash is only going to be your down payment and your closing costs. Mm -hmm. Now, if it comes unfurnished, which is really rare, that doesn't usually happen, you may need to buy furniture. So that would be included. Or if you need to do some sort of carpet or flooring or painting, what have you. Um, so that's your year one cash in the deal. Um, and then we're, you know, I'm coaching clients on either how to figure out what sort of rental income we think it can make, um, just based on, you know, doing some like, research against what your competitors are charging. You can use a yeah. tool like AirDNA or there's key data, but they're, they haven't been very accurate for me lately. They've been really yeah. underestimating um, where rental revenue can, can fall. Um, or I can, you know, my company can put together some sort of pro forma to figure out based on something else we manage what it can do. Yeah. Um, and then you're taking those figures along with your net operating income, which is just, you know, you're, you know, you're looking at what your ex actual expenses are going to be, which we can also, we help clients plug those in as far as like, you know, you're looking at utilities, water, electric, Wi-Fi, TV. Um, if you have to have flood insurance, there are flood zones in the Smokies, believe it or not, even though it's mountainous, wow. um, there are some pockets. And then if you have like an HOA fee or you are going to use a property management company, that's a big component of, you know, calculating that net operating income. And then just figuring out like for every dollar you put in that deal in year one, how much are you expecting to make back out of that? So for me, I have deals in the early days that were at 60% cash on cash. That's going to be really hard to do right now. Yeah. Um, I just bought one uh, just just a few weeks ago, and that one I'm uh, expecting 23 to 24 percent cash on cash, um, and net operating income of about 45,000. So it was a very solid deal. Um, it's a special cabin. It looks completely different. Um, 
externally than a lot of other cabins. It's it's like black on the outside. Um, and then we've done some special branding around, um, you know, marketing and stuff for that cabin. Yeah. So how's the market? I mean, we've I've heard a lot about, uh, I forget what it's called, uh, Air, it was something about some, uh, Airbnb or something like that, where it was, uh, you know, there were a lot of uh, Airbnb people, operators were really struggling. Um, so how has the market affected, uh, you know, the Smoky Mountain area? I think you're talking about Airbnb. Bust. Ah, <laughs> that's it. That's somebody... it. I was like, what is that called? Clickbait. <laughs> um, I don't read that stuff, um, but I know the gist of it was talking about like apartments coming. And mm -hmm. also there was a big hiccup, you know, it's been, I was thinking it was like 2020, mid 2022, where Airbnb launched out their $10 billion update or whatever. And it really messed up a lot of people that had high um, search. So, you know, they have an algorithm. I actually was in a closed session with um, some of the heads from Airbnb at the vacation rental management conference. Uh, this past October in Vegas, and they gave like some benchmarks for how to boost yourself in the algorithm, yeah. which I have a blog post I've written on bigger pockets. They actually took away my phone. I was trying to video <laughs> while I was there. But um, so there are like some really clear strategies you have to do. But as far as like market goes, um, well, the Smokies have been incredibly well visited in, in the pandemic. We had like a little blip where we lost some bookings, but then those dates were quickly replaced by people realizing this golden opportunity of, you know, virtual work. And so we even catered to like <clears throat> police or nurse medical practice, first, first line folks that just needed like a break. So it was really a good time for us. And then I would say in 2022, still performed really well, but we saw like our first back to school season in what, two or three years. Mm -hmm. So like August, September were a lot lower than they should have been, but we quickly made that up. October is a huge like fall colors of leaves. People are coming from all over to have a break. So October was really, really good for us. And December was, was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so now we're seeing a slowdown again just in January, February, where, you know, they spent their travel dollars, maybe December. And so now we're expecting, I'm expecting it to just go through the roof, March, April, May. So if you're considering Smoky Mountains, the time to be getting something under contract is literally right this minute, because by the time you close on it and get it ready to list, that's when the spring travelers are going to just be going bonkers trying to get there. So, yeah. you know, the, the park is free. It's the largest national park in the United States. And then because of that, there's so many different like tourism things like Guy Fieri just opened a 43,000 square foot like D Dave and Buster's basically. Yeah, and yeah. then you've got Dollywood, you've got Paula Deen's amusement park, and then a French company just signed a land agreement to build another theme park. We've got Jack Daniels breaking ground on a distillery. Wow. There's little pockets too where I hold cabins where I know the tourism is going to grow too. So yeah. that's I, if clients are willing to not make as much cash on cash, but get something at a lower price per square foot, I know the markets for that. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's, I'm a nerd though. I'm really into like the cabins and the, I traveled all over the world in my past life. So I love, it's a fun, it's a fun asset class in real estate investing. Oh, great. Great, great. Well, I think you have to you have to really like it and enjoy and, and really understand what your customers are looking for. Like you mentioned earlier, 
I mean, this is, you're in the tourism business. You're running a small hotel, basically. So you want to make sure that, you know, you're in the right location, that you know what's going on in, the, in your area, and you can actually attract your customers to, to your properties. Um, so can you kind of also talk about, um, I know it was not really a question, more like a statement, but uh, can you come up with uh, or tell us more about some like creative solutions that you have implemented to kind of help your properties kind of like show up a little bit better or have a better performance than um, some of your competitors? Or also, even if you have like a down market or a kind of like a tough market, you mentioned like September and October last year was, were a little bit lower than uh, than expected. Like, did you do anything special? What are some of the creative solutions to help you improve your marketing? maximize uh, occupancy and uh, the rates? Yeah, yeah, three things. Um, we run a discount promotion and then we have a direct mailing list. So we're constantly grabbing, you know, you're not able to do this if you're self-managing and you're just on Airbnb. Airbnb doesn't give you the, the email addresses. Yeah. Um, you don't get any of that data. You don't own the client. So I quickly learned in the beginning that I needed to have a direct booking site and a property management software where I could be gathering that data. So now we've got, you know, thousands of guests on lists. And so we get a lot of direct bookings. As a result, we do a lot of Google advertising. The Google advertising will link back to my direct site, not Airbnb. That's and um, it will provide them with some sort of, you know, 10 or 15% discount code. Um, the other thing I do prior to getting into any sort of situation where you've got low occupancy is when I buy a new cabin, I brand it so that it is highly Googleable and very much recognizable. So I bought one mid mid to late 2022 that is Whiskey Whispers Lodge. So yeah. if you think about like the short-term rental game in Florida, right around Disney World, where people are staging the homes to be like theme parks within the home, that's kind of what we did here. Mm -hmm. We loaded the thing up with anything whiskey related, whiskey barrels, you know, you're immersed in this like, you know, it's not crazy over the top, but when yeah. you go there, you have this feeling of like, you are somewhere special. So you turn on the tap and it's whiskey coming out. Yeah. That kind of <laughs> I out. <laughs> yeah. I warm whiskey. I'm not getting podcasts done if there was whiskey <laughs> coming out of the tap. Come on. <laughs> but no, like that kind of thing. And then we do have partnerships with like um, Old Smokies and all the moonshine distilleries. You know, they are, we are social media sharing. That's the third thing. So yeah. Um, you know, any, anything basic, like we make like an Instagram reel or tick, you know, TikTok is really doing well for us right now. So we're getting people that are seeing these like beautiful images of the cabins and they're like, Ooh, you know, you could go have this like amazing, yeah. what was it? Pumpkin pie moonshine yeah, or some crazy yeah. thing. Um, so just that cross, um, uh, communication, I actually had, um, I did not know the person, but uh, now we're partnering with them. But the state of Tennessee uh, has the, their Department of Tourism board has an Instagram page with, I don't know, 100,000 followers or something. And they had reshared something that my team sent to them. And it got us like three or four direct bookings right away. And we're able to tell because we have like a custom field where they type in where they heard about us. And it said Instagram. I was like, oh my gosh, that was the best free marketing ever. Yeah. Um, so those sorts of things we're doing, but I, and, and the Googleable name thing is really key. Like everybody wants to name their cabin, like Smoky Mountain Bear Cabin or View, Mountain View or whatever. Yeah. That's just not highly Googleable. So yeah. 
people have become very clever because as a guest using Airbnb, you're going to pay 15% to Airbnb to book that cabin. So if you see the name of the company and the name of the cabin and you're smart enough, you could Google that to find a way to get rid of that 15% fee. So we're wow. hoping by like, you know, having these highly Googleable names, people will do that. Yeah, that, I, really like, I really like that strategy because I think you, you, yeah, you, you could uh, use Airbnb and you probably VRBO and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. having your own site to to take on your own reservation, get to know your customers and all that kind of stuff, I think that's that's highly valuable because one of the things that I'm worried about if I'm on Airbnb is that I have a bad guest comment and then all of a sudden I'm on three stars or four stars and then I'm not on the top page uh, for people that want to go to uh, to Tennessee. I mean, that would, you know ruin the business potentially if i rely air uniquely on airbnb right right exactly i mean yeah one little thing could could hiccup you for sure um yeah i think we still want to use airbnb right because it gets us a lot of new guests but what you want to do is get them if they if you can get them they were happy they love you they want to rebook get them direct and so yeah. how we do that is as soon as they book through airbnb we push out an automated email that has them sign a rental agreement where we collect their email, their information, their address, their email, their phone number, and then their credit card for a security deposit. Um, and so then we're able to use that data to retarget them, to leave a review on our website, to then come back and rebook with us directly. Yeah. And so it's, it's a win-win because if they enjoyed their stay, they're going to save money by booking direct yeah. and cut out, you know, cut out that marketing company that takes you know they take a cut from both sides yeah that's very smart I, I really like that idea uh and then um the other thing too that i want so i'm gonna talk a little bit technical stuff but i mean if somebody goes to your site and they want to book the uh the cabin and then somebody goes at the same time and want to book on airbnb uh airbnb at the same time so how do you does is that coordinated you have like a yeah how does that work yeah, I love to talk about that because so so this is another issue where if you're self a self manager and you don't have a property management software and you're just on like let's say you're on Verbo which also puts you on Expedia and some other and then you're on Airbnb there's some technology called iCal and iCal is basically like you're sharing the calendars with links with okay. both Okay. But there's hiccups with that technology. It's not foolproof. So they could essentially get a double booking. And I have seen that happen. Yeah. Um, but the way we're set up is we're set up through a direct API through the property management software. So it's instantaneous. As soon okay. as someone's booking, it's blocking all the calendars. It's fully integrated. Uh, it's actually the same technology that I was using in banking. Okay. So, and it's not, I'm not, a, I mean, I know coding. I studied that in school, but I hired like an engineer developer to help me um, at my property management software company, get that all set up to make sure it was foolproof. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to do this to scale and you want to do it right, you really need somebody who knows their stuff and has the stuff set up because you create a job for yourself, which yeah. is what I did. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So uh, as, as a woman, I mean, as a woman, so you're a woman in real estate, but you already face some challenges, I guess, as a woman in the financial industry. So tell me about kind of... Uh, you know, kind of some of the challenges that you face when you, you enter the real estate industry. And I know that, you know, one of your, you know, big mission is to empower women to invest more in real estate. 
especially in short-term rentals, I'm assuming. But, uh, you know, and I think you have you have a mission to basically empower like a thousand women uh, to become millionaires through uh, through real estate investing. Tell us more about, about that and your drive and kind of like what you experience. Yeah, I haven't really had any like major negative things to really talk about. I think I, the, my mindset and my vision on how I look at life is really healthy. So if I see some, you know, somebody is being negative towards me because I'm a woman in business or something, that's just, you know, they're looking at it through their lens, right? That's their issue, not mine. Yeah. But more importantly is like, what can I take from that? Was there some kind of silver lining, something that I could embody or do better the next time? You know, for example, I had bought um, a condo in Panama City Beach, Florida, because, you know, everybody was talking about the panhandle. It's such great performance for short-term rentals. Well, the insurance costs about killed me. And then That's not right. only that, the quality of the guests was really poor. So I sold that place within 10 months. I walked away with about a hundred grand in equity, like 112 and then I did a 1031 exchange and I, that's how I bought the whiskey whispers lodge this okay. last year. So I actually had no cash in that deal. It was, it was my cash, but it was old cash, but you know, just pivoting quickly, those kind of things. But I think a lot of uh, what I have, I've built up this, you know, body of work of who I am as a person, as an investor, as a woman mm-hmm. over the last 20 to 25 years. And I've always had this strong streak, strong drive inside me to help motivate, empower, lift up others, whatever that means. I see a lot of women. Um, I was on a um, like a major uh, division within the bank that focused on DEI and focused on women's empowerment. I was in a lot of different circles within U.S. Bank. And so I kind of wanted to take some of that, what I did there, and do that within my own company. So I'm getting ready to form a women's mastermind that's going to be strictly focused on like you know, some sort of strategy around getting shit done, if I'm allowed to say that, because I think women just, they have this like shut down imposter syndrome mindset. And I hate to see that because most women are amazing and they tend to have these like crazy, awesome dream visions for their life, but then there's no goal oriented, actionable items that create follow through. So I'm creating a group that's gonna just, break barriers and create what I what I'm doing for at least a thousand other women that's the goal Um, and and you know it's just I learned some statistics about you know there's only a third of all investors are women and yet 90% of all wealth is created out of real estate and I just want to change that I want to shift that but it's not just real estate if you're not a real estate investor you don't see that for yourself that's fine. There's still a lot of traits within this game that you can embody for yourself to really go out and make an amazing life. You get one chance, right? We assume we get one chance. (laughs) So like, let's do it. I got a few chances, I think. So I think it's fine. I mean, you can try. I'm happy to empower men too. I, before I left us bank or before I left um, first Tennessee, first horizon, um, I actually mentored and coached a small handful of what I consider peers that were men Um, about how to take action in their careers. And so I'm not just strictly saying only women, but that is, you know, obviously near and dear to me. Well, I think women face uh, definitely a a unique challenge. I think they they have a different point of view, different perspective, and also the way, um, you know, the way other people interact with women in real estate and business is, is different. 
And of yeah. course, I don't know. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I, I think I can, I can, I think there is a difference and I've been told there is a difference. So, you know, I think mm -hmm. it's important for, to have a mass, a mastermind, I think would really help to um, help these women kind of like adapt, see it differently and see it maybe as, uh, as positively as you are. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then, because uh, that definitely helps you move forward if you have the right positive mentality and you don't that these things kind of don't bother you i mean i think that uh, that would help me out to move forward because uh, every once in a while you always have a bunch of naysayers so you have to be yes. be able to push through that so yeah if you don't surround yourself with the right people too that are lifting you up yeah. um you know that can be really devastating you know you i could have like a great idea and go to like you know, some particular person and they could be like showing me all the reasons why that's not a great idea. And then if that's the only opinion you got, that kind of clouds your judgment. So, you know, I just, I don't know if I want to say it, but it's like, I recently had to cut some people out of my life that were like that, you know, even me, super Mrs. Positive outgoing mastermind mindset strategy woman, like you know, you still sometimes hear that and it's somebody that you admire and care about that's doing that to you. It's like, Maybe you want to pivot away from that person, you know, yeah. find people, surround yourself with, I hate the cliche term tribe, but yeah. unfortunately people resonate with that and understand what that means. So surround yourself with the right tribe, with the right, you know, ass kickers that are going to be there alongside you and help you get it done that like, you know, don't get people that want to compete with you or naysay you get people that want to lift you up and, and believe in you. And if you, if you put your genuine self out there, People are, you're going to attract the right kind of people. Yeah. So that's like a little bit, some of that too. It's non-real estate, but it's just very important for women. Yeah, I think this is, this is kind of the beginning. I think it's, you know, it's really having the right mindset, the right attitude, and then surrounding yourself with, build a team around you that's going to make you better than, and improve uh, and help you to succeed, basically. So I think that I totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. So tell me uh, any kind of like upcoming projects. I know you mentioned uh, the, your book that's coming out, which is going to be kind of like a playbook for uh, for short-term rentals. Uh, any other pro? And then you mentioned a mastermind. I don't know if you how how firmed up it is or how solid this is, but kind of like when how can people kind of maybe follow up with you and follow you on social media so that they know when the mastermind is going to happen, then they can join. Uh, they can join that group. So I'm really active on Instagram. So yeah. it's Instagram.com backslash. Um, I think they use the at symbol. So it's at Leslie.ann.morris and it's Ann with an E. Yeah. Um, and from Instagram, I have a link tree and everything like other podcasts I've recorded uh, where my, where my educational, you know, my written stuff is yeah. that's all there. Um, I have, so I have the passive investing playbook. It's the playbook for short-term rentals, how I think it should be done to scale, yeah. um, how I've had success. That'll probably be coming out mid 23. And then there is another book. It's called Hospitable Hosts. Yeah. Um, a phenomenal woman by the name of Jody Sterling. She brought together about 40 different hosts that are all over the world, tons of different countries involved. Yeah. And I have a chapter in that book and it's going to tell the story. It's going to tell the story of why is my woman owned business called Josh's cabins? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to buy the book. Who's Josh? <laughs> you got to buy the book, <laughs> but that will launch um, in March. There is a short-term rental. It's called STR wealth. 
It's a conference in Nashville in March where we will kick off and launch the book and you can get a copy, but I'll be counting all this down on my website. And then of course the mastermind that is going to be put together very quickly. Um, I'm in planning stages with my team right now. And so we are just getting ready to add a link for interest. Um, and so that will be in the link tree too. And there's just so many crazy things that I'm getting ready to do this year. Um, Netflix may or may not be their ears may be burning right now. I'm not sure, but um, it's a really exciting time and um, I'm just having so much fun doing it. Yeah, oh, that's great. No, thank you. And I, I wish you uh, all the best for, uh, you know, helping and empowering at least a thousand women to become millionaires in the, in the real estate. Uh, so I will I'll definitely put the links in uh, in the show notes for Instagram and your personal website. Uh, Leslie, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Eric. I really appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.